0: Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Have I got anyone in the room or at home right now that is feeling some anxious thoughts? I just want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for every single person that is here. And I just pray right now over every heart and every mind and over every struggle where there may be anxiety, where there may be stress, that Lord, you would come and you would just relieve the overwhelming, that you would just relieve the heaviness off anyone's shoulders. God, you know every single person You know everyone that's here today. You know everyone that is watching online. And I ask, Lord, that we would just grab hold of that piece that we have just sung about. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 Well, hello. Hello, hello to everyone that's watching online. I am so pleased to be with you. For those that might not know me, my name is Becky, and uh, I used to go here with my family. I brought today Mike. I've got Judah, who's in the room today, Asa, who's somewhere in a kid's church. Ida, my littlest, I think she's hacked it and she's gone home already, but never mind. See, not all kids, church kids as well, can't always hack the whole of church, but never mind. I think it just might because she knew my voice was coming along. But I'm so pleased to be here. This, is, um, this place has a little bit of home in my heart for sure. And um, you know, this church is really important to me and my husband, Mike, because you made pastors out of us. And just before the pandemic, you sent us off and we went to pastor a church down in Luton. And you are so welcome to come and visit us there. If you're ever in the area, come and see us. We would love to see you. We'd love to show you to our church family down there. But I'm just so pleased to be here. Hey, if you're watching online, why don't you make some noise? Why don't you put some heart emojis? If there's a chat bar there or some raised hands or amens, can we just applaud everyone that's watching online? We love you. You're not forgotten. Can I encourage you not to get familiar just because you might be in your lounge. Don't get familiar if you've been here week in, week out because I think familiarity can rob us. And you know, I made a pat a long time ago because I'm a preacher's kid, I'm a pastor's kid, and so I always used to come to church, hear my dad or hear my mom preach, and then I married a preacher, and then I'd always hear my husband preach, and I just made a pat and I said, you know what, Lord, I will not get over-familiar in your house. Just because I know the people, I will not let that stand in my way of receiving the word. And church has got a little bit homey with some of you even staying at home, but can I encourage you, don't don't lean back. I mean, be comfy by all means, but lean in. Don't get over familiar with this way that we're doing church, because I believe that God is going to move powerfully. If you're in the room, would you just stretch your arm out? And we're going to pray for all those that are watching online, YouTube, Facebook, whatever it is. We just pray right now. We see you. God sees you, and we pray that you will have a mighty encounter right there in your church room right now. That the Word will speak to your heart and it will be fresh in the room and at home in Jesus name amen well i have got a word for you and you know as i was saying there you know i read this passage from psalm 139 where it says search me o god and Um, I know that you have been in the book of Acts. You've been studying that as a church for a little while. And, you know, I got challenged by a message that my husband was preaching, which I'm not going to talk too much about because I know he's desperate to share it with you next week. So I'm just going to give you a little prelude. But he was talking about this guy called Ananias, who you will find in the book of Acts. And Ananias was a man that God sent to a guy called Paul slash Saul to help kind of be a spiritual mentor and a friend to Paul and to kind of check his blind spots. You see, we all need those kind of relationships and those kind of friends in our life that won't just say what we want to hear, but say what we need to hear. Amen? Amen. I think it's one of the most generous things we can do when we can have friendships like that in our life. And you know, in and out of season, we might find, we might get a bit frustrated because we might find that the aniasis in our lives are few. And you might get discouraged if you haven't got those kind of people around your life that have got your back. And I want to say, in and out of season, no matter if there are plenty of aniasis in your life or whether there are very few aniasis in your life. I want to remind us today of a relationship that is in our life that we are exposed to, bam smack in the book of Acts. And this relationship is the one that has been given to us by God and it's called the Holy Spirit. Everyone say, Holy Spirit. And at home, you have to have full participation. Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit is something, a gift that God left us to be a companion to us, to encourage us, to help us, to lift the stress off our shoulders, to calm us down when it's feeling overwhelming in life. But not only that, the Holy Spirit is there to check our blind spots. The Holy Spirit is there to challenge us and to convict us. And sometimes we get scared of that bit because we don't always want to be convicted. But you know, what I've come to find is when I let the Holy Spirit search me it actually refreshes me. See, when you let the Holy Spirit come and search you, it's not something that's going to make you stress, but it's actually something that's going to be a stress release. Everyone just breathe. Stress release. And so when I was challenged by... Michael's preach, I went home and I read this scripture, search me, O God. And I don't pray this prayer as often as I should, because I am scared about the list that might come out when the Holy Spirit searches me. But did you know that you are not as gracious to yourself as the Holy Spirit is? Every time I have prayed that prayer, though it's been few, the Holy Spirit, every time, he only kind of just says one word or brings me one face, or one name, kind of gives me one thing to deal with. And I'll be like, but what about all these other things? And he's like, no, no, I, that's too much for you. I just need you to handle one thing. Stop putting so much on your plate, because that, that expectation's not from God. And every time the Holy Spirit searches me and finds this one thing, it is always, without a doubt, the thing that I did not have on that massive list. So that's the thing about the Holy Spirit and that's the thing about your blind spots, you can't see them. And so recently, and this is what I really want to talk about today, this is what the Holy Spirit, I felt press say to me when I prayed this prayer a couple of weeks ago and it's real personal but I'm kind of like, um, I like everyone to know what I'm about so I'll tell you all my secrets. If you confide me and talk to me, I will tell you my secrets so don't confide me if you don't want that much stuff. You'll walk out heavier. But the Holy Spirit said to me, Becky, you need more grace. You need more grace. And I was like, "Uh, I think that one's a bit easy. Can we like pass the next thing? Or like, "Uh, I didn't really see that one coming, God. And actually, I'm not really sure that I need that one. And so the next couple of days, I was going about trying to give more grace to people, give more grace to my family, give more grace to the people I work with, give more grace out. And I was like, I'm not really sure, I feel a bit stressed. And the Lord said to me, no, Becky, I didn't say give out more grace. I said, you need grace. You see, you won't have a problem giving out grace when you don't have a problem receiving grace. And sometimes we don't like the Lord to give us more grace, because we think we've qualified. We think, well, actually, why do I need grace? Have I done loads of stuff wrong? And you know, that's actually the complete opposite. You know, if the Lord is trying to expand your territory, if the Lord is trying to give you a new day, add more blessing to your life, add more responsibility to your life, then you better be ready to receive more grace and more Grace. And so I want to talk to you about some today. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down as a title over the next few thoughts that I'm going to share with you. And it's a big title. Are you ready? You might want to write it down. And it's this. Grace, 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 and some more grace. Grace, 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 grace. Did you get that? If you need a count, try maybe seven times 70 graces and that will be our title today. And so what I want to do is I want to give us just three things this morning and I are only limited to three things because we could talk about grace until we die because it's so vast uh, and it's just so massive. And I just want to point out three things, just remind us of three things about this thing called grace. And I want to encourage us and challenge us that we never graduate past the topic of grace. Don't limit this to being a subject that is just for you when you're a baby Christian. The topic of grace is something that we need to continue to be learning about all the days of our life. Why? Because the Lord said that every morning, I give you a fresh new mercy because he knew every single day we'd need a reminder of this. And so just three things I wanna point out. And my first point is this. This grace that we have is an undeserved grace, undeserved grace. And there's a scripture that's gonna come up from Ephesians chapter two, verses eight to nine. It says this, God saved you by his grace. When you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward uh, uh, reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. So when I tell us that grace is undeserved, I I know that, and if you've been doing the Christian journey for a long time, you know that. But do we really, really, really know it? If we really, really, really knew that our grace was undeserved, I think we would talk differently. I think we would walk differently. I think we would just be differently. And I got this kind of image of it like this. I find so many times in life, we play around with grace and we, we kind of get into this default mode all the time of trying to lure grace in. We, we try and go, come on, grace. It's like we groom it. Like, come on, Grace, come. Look what I've done for you, Grace. Look, I'm gonna like dress myself up. I'm gonna do all this. Look how I handled that. Look how I did that there. Come on, Grace. Like, we're trying to entice it and trying to groom it. I wanna say, stop grooming Grace and grab hold of Grace. You need to get a big, giant hand and just grab hold of all of the Grace that is supplied to you every single, single day. If there is ever a time to be greedy, if there is ever a time to be a gannet, it is with grace. And I want you to remember this image of getting a great big hand every morning and grabbing hold of the grace that the Lord has given you. And, you know, you don't need to kind of get yourself ready for it. You don't need to do anything for it. You know the prodigal son? It's a famous story about the son that went away. He took all his dad's money and his inheritance. He ended up in the pigs. And then, he, you know, he ended up in the gutter. So he started to come back home. You know, the father was already waiting for him on the horizon. When you're coming back to God or when you've messed up or when you've made a mistake, you don't have to timidly go back to the Father. He's already waiting there. You don't have to go, hey, I'm home or is anyone here? Can I come in? No, He's waiting on the horizon with big Going, come and get your grace. I'm waiting. He didn't just, he had a robe waiting already. He had a feast waiting. I always thought, how did he just snap his fingers and get a celebration going? Because he's already waiting. Your grace is already there. Stop trying to groom grace and grab hold of grace. There is nothing you can do to deserve the grace. So try and be mindful of where you start to slip into grooming mode and just keep in i just need to grab hold of my grace mode i don't care what it's been over this season so you've got addicted to something so that you've got into too many relationships I don't know what it is for you, whether you've just messed up in that relationship or with that friendship or you said some things that you shouldn't have said. You know, don't think, right, well, I now need to do a 10-step programme before I can get back into the grace books. No, just go and get your grace. Yeah, humanity will be like, no, I need you to do this, this and this before I'll give you grace. But God is like, no, I can give you grace straight away. This grace that we have is an undeserved grace. It's a gift. And you know, when... I think the Lord sees us messing about, trying to entice his grace. I think it breaks his heart. I think he sees his son on the cross going, there's the price that was paid. Please do not waste it trying to buy it yourself because it's already bought for you. You need the grace of God. You don't deserve it. You cannot earn it. Just immerse yourself in it. My second point is this. Number two, this grace that we have is an unfamiliar kind of grace or an unusual grace. When I say unfamiliar, I mean this grace, there's nothing like it. This isn't a human kind of grace. This isn't the kind of grace that we just make up ourselves. It's not the kind of grace we bump into on a regular basis. And though I say it's an unfamiliar, unusual grace, that doesn't mean that it's not plentiful. When I say it's unfamiliar and unusual, that doesn't actually give us permission to not get familiarised with it. You see, in our humanity, this is an unfamiliar grace. It doesn't make sense to us. But because of the spirit in us, we need to make sure that we get familiar this is where we need to be familiar with the grace of God. Familiarise ourselves with his grace. And I remember when I was prepping for this message, my little boy, Judah, who's here today, just give him a wave. Hey, Jude. He always comes in to check out what it is that I'm preaching. He always goes, Mom, what is it that you're preaching about? And I said, Jude, I'm going to talk about grace. And he said, oh, okay, what's that? And I was like, um... How do I explain this? I went. Let's go to Google. Let's go to the Google thing that speaks to you. I think it's like Alexa as well. And we went. Hey Google, what's grace? And Google gave us about like eight different definitions, didn't she, of what grace meant? And these, this definition is the one that I liked. Is the definition where you know, like when you're in the presence of royalty, or where you're in a period drama. And you enter the throne room or you enter the presence of someone that's a duke or duchess or a king or queen and you hear them addressed and referred to as your grace. Like you do a little curtsy or a bow and you go, hey. We won't say hey in a period drama, but your grace. And you might say, would you grace us with your presence, your grace? It's like a name that is called. And I wonder how... Many times do we refer to the Lord as his grace, your grace. Because Jesus is our friend, he's our father, he's our healer, he's many, many things. I just want to encourage us to maybe try addressing him as your grace now and then. See, when you're in the presence of royalty, the atmosphere changes and for some of you, you would feel really uncomfortable in that presence because you would feel like you don't belong. And this is where I'm trying to hone in this point. You need to get familiar in what is unfamiliar to you. And how we do that is we get in the presence of his grace more regularly. We begin to familiarise ourselves in his presence and sense his royalty. And what is unfamiliar to you will become more familiar, so that when you walk out of his presence, you do walk differently. When you walk out of some, a place that is royal, you kind of float a little bit more. You have a little bit more patience. You have a little bit more stamina and a little more, a little bit more poise. And when you get in his presence, you begin to learn that you are his heir. And you have his stature. And you can then begin to address yourself as Grace. I want to challenge you to start putting that name on the end of your name, Becky Grace. Why? Because he's our Grace and we're in his family. We're co-heirs with him. We're his sons and daughters and therefore we inherit that name, Grace. John, Grace. Joanna, Grace. Matthew, Grace. Bethany, Grace. I love the name Grace so much that we named our daughter Ida Grace. Start naming the things around you with the name. Start addressing things with that name, that situation that's stressing you out, grace. That situation, it's graced. That person, I'm gonna grace them. This work meeting, it's grace. Start using the name that has been given to you for your utilisation, to help you walk about your life more, graced. So we have this unfamiliar, unusual grace, but it is on hand continually. And I tell you, the more we get in the presence of his grace, the more we refer to him as our grace, the more the grace of God just leaks from our life. Like in the beginning, I told you, I try to start off by giving out grace. It works better if you do it the other way around. And then the last thing is this. Let me just give you a scripture actually in Hebrews. It says, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When you know who your grace is, you will approach that throne room boldly, not nervously, not like you don't belong, but you will approach boldly. And then the last thing is this, number three. So we have an undeserved grace. This grace that we have is also unfamiliar, like an unusual grace. And thirdly, this grace is an uncontainable grace. And the scripture I have in 2 Corinthians says this, each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Everyone say weakness. Weakness. Say it, weakness, because we're coming for you, weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ can work through me. It was Paul who wrote this scripture. And just before he said this, said about his grace being sufficient, he was talking to the Lord about the fawn that was in his flesh. And he was pleading with God, take away, take away this pain, take away this fawn that's in my flesh. And God was like, I'm not gonna do that. My grace is sufficient for you. You see, what the fact of the matter is, is this. In this world, we've got pain. Some of you are experiencing it right now. I don't just always mean physical pain, I mean emotional. Sometimes it's inherited pain. But there's pain, there's like fawns in our flesh. And I don't need to tell you that God doesn't just take them away all of the time. Sometimes we walk with that pain. And it's in those moments that we need to make sure that we are familiar with the grace that is sufficient enough to cover us while we walk with a limp and a stagger while we're in this earth. And this is where I struggle because I'm like, God, and the worship team can come back now if they want to. God, if your grace is so uncontainable, why at times does it feel so contained? God, if your grace is so uncontainable, why is it that all around the earth there's pockets of slavery? God, if your grace is sufficient, why is it that I'm seeing babies tossed over fences in Afghanistan. God, if your grace is so sufficient, why has another young person been taken for cancer? God, if your grace is so uncontainable, why does it feel so strained at times? And the Lord help me with this, and I want to help you today. I want to serve you this reminder. You know, it's not that God's grace isn't sufficient. It's just that while we are here on earth, we haven't seen it all come to full fruition yet. It's not that God's grace isn't sufficient. It's that we just haven't seen it all come to full fruition while we're in this humanity. And so that leaves us with hope. But not only that, it leaves us with grace. The grace that we need, that will sustain us, That will be sufficient for us. Will be like a scaffolding to us while we're here. And I had this picture of you know scaffolding. You know buildings that have got scaffolding all around them. It's like an eyesore, isn't it? And sometimes we don't like the scaffolding because it signifies that something's broken. It signifies that something's under construction. It signifies that something isn't all there and it isn't all together and I want to suggest to us that we don't resent the scaffolding because the scaffolding is almost like God's grace, God's gift of grace to our humanity because we're a broken world and you're a broken person. Don't avoid the scaffolding. It's like we are under construction whilst we're here. It won't be like this in heaven. Do you know that? If you know Jesus, when you take your last breath, the scaffolding is going to fall away. But whether you see it or not, because I know a lot of disabilities you cannot see, there is brokenness in you, and you need to allow the grace and the sufficiency of God's scaffolding come around your life and embrace the fact that you are under construction. And as, as I was praying, I was reminded of people in the room or people that are online that you actually might have a physical disability. And you know what I want to say to you? When I look at you, I do not see a disability. I see his deity. When I look at you, I don't see someone that is disadvantaged. I see someone that has a divine purpose on their life. And some people have Zimmer frames. Some people have crutches, some people have he- hearing aids, some people seem to be contained by a wheelchair, but don't, what look, don't, what looks, don't see something that looks containing is something that is there to contain you. Actually, it's a representation of his uncontainable grace. And so Lord, I pray right now that we would be a people that embrace your scaffolding, the scaffolding of grace that holds us up, the sufficiency that helps us lean when we are broken, when we are tired. Help us to remember, God, that we are broken and we do need you. And we don't have to do this on our own. We don't have to stand tall all by ourselves and in our own strength, because in your weakness, we are made strong. And I pray right now, specifically for those who maybe have been walking around with a in their flesh, it hasn't been obvious to people that there's something going on, that there's a disability within them, I ask right now, God, that you would come like fresh grace over their life right now and over their body. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm gonna finish with this and we're gonna sing a song. Recently, I've been getting really frustrated, like really angry, Every now and then, I'll just sit down to chill out, try and, you know, wind down from the stress of the day. And suddenly I'll hear a. Zzz, zzz, zzz. Zzz. I hate flies. Like, I hate flies. That I feel like I'm not saved when this hate rises up within me. And they're always around at an inconvenient time. And with the heat of summer, the flies, like they come in force. Anyone else with me? Anyone else experiencing this? And every time there's a zzz, my family go into like whoa mode. They know that mommy's not happy. And so I purchased myself one of these zapper things. You know, the ones that have got like a, a bolt through them that can electrocute the flies. I got myself one of those, and you know, I love to have the fresh air coming in. I love the windows open, but I feel like, talk about containment, I feel like the flies are robbing me of my freedom because I have to shut all the windows to make sure they don't get, at, get in because they steal and they rob my peace because they're filthy, they're dirty, they annoy annoys me. I just don't like it. I don't really know why I got so terribly upset with the flies. Sometimes that happens in your life. You get overreacting like with stuff that isn't, that's really small. And that's when you know you need to fill up your grace tank. And so I got one of these and every time it flies in and we see it, everyone's like, okay, mom is about to go in. The family are like a troop and it is silent like we're in Wimbledon and I'm going for it and I'm going to get it and I'm swatting and I'm slapping and I'm swinging and I'm going to get that thing. And I remember one morning, I've had a few successes, by the way, to the point when I feel joy about it, I'm like, I'm not really sure if this is healthy at this thought of, you know, being so happy about something dying and being crucified in this way, I think I might need help. I had this dream as I was waking up one morning, that like the flies were in my dreams, and as I began to open my eyes and stir, I began to realise that the was not a dream, the was real. And now those things I've got in my bedroom, they've stepped up a gear. And one actually hits me, bang, in the face while I'm lying there in my place of refuge, in my bed. And this is when I knew I had a problem because I went, God, you must be kidding me. So I actually used God's name in vain. It was like like it was God's fault that this was happening to me. You are responsible for the flies. Why are they here in my room? You know I need this peace. You know how much they frustrate me, Lord. And later on that day, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, go and Google the flies. And so I did. I went and Googled the flies. Do you remember what we found? See, flies are responsible for sucking up your filth. If we did not have flies on this earth, we would be drowning in our own toxic, in our own rubbish, in our own filth, in our own poo and our own waste, in our own flesh and carcasses we would be drowning in if it wasn't for the flies being here in existence with us. Isn't that just like grace? It comes around your life to help you and suck up All that is rubbish on you. All that stinks on you. But we don't like grace getting next to us because it irritates us, because it starts to illuminate the fact that we are imposters of perfection. Don't get near me, grace, I don't need you. Don't get near me, I don't want other people to see that I stink. Can you get away from me? And we start batting it away and we do this to grace. Instead of grabbing it with the big hand, we bat it away sometimes. And then I found this other thing out. The flies you know flies pollinate? So I know bees pollinate, and we're trying to save the bees right now because we've started to be educated in in how vital the pollination from the bees is to helping us keep food on our plate and on our tables. But I learned that flies pollinate something in particular. There is a particular fly species, I think it's in the midgey family, and it is the only species that pollinates this thing, and it's the cocoa bean the cocoa bean gives us chocolate and it, this type of fly is the only thing that pollinates our gift of chocolate here's the thing about grace not only does it take away our sin and take away our poo and take away our mistakes even though We should be clearing them up ourselves. It goes one step further, does grace. It then gives us a gift that we don't deserve in return. It gives us chocolate. It gives us gifts. And if you're not a chocolate lover, this might not be working for you, but just replace it with something else. But grace does that to your life. It takes away your junk and it gives you blessing back. God, I thank you for your grace. And right now, I wanna pray a prayer before I close want to speak right to your living room or your bedroom or wherever it is that you are watching and to every single person that is in this theatre, if you have never given your life to Jesus, if you have never said to Jesus, I do make mistakes, I am a sinner, I do need your grace and I do need you to come and pick it up and rescue me, then I'm going to pray a prayer. You might be someone like that son that I talked about that went away and you need to come home. You can join in with this prayer as well. And everyone that's in the building, if you join in with me so that those that wanna pray it don't feel on their own, just repeat this after me. Father, your grace, I come to you today with all of my rubbish, all of my sin, I wanna give it up to you. I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross so that I could have this grace. Would you come into my heart? Take over my life. I wanna walk for the rest of my days covered by your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, can I encourage you to get in touch with someone at the church or get in touch with someone that you know is a Jesus believer? The pastors here and the team here would love to know who you are and just to give you some things to help you on your journey and your next step. But for the rest of us in the room and everyone at home, can we just clap? Let's just applaud anyone that prayed that prayer. And in the chat, you can put the clapping emojis up. And thank you, God. And if you didn't participate and you know you want to, you can just do it without me. You don't need someone at the front. Amen. Amen. Let's sing this song. Thank you so much for listening to me today. It's been my privilege to be with you.